author's introduction of memoirs of napoleon volume one this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by christine lamberton memoirs of napoleon volume one by louis de bourrienne author's introduction the trading upon an illustrious name can alone have given birth to the multitude of publications under the titles of historical memoirs secret memoirs and other rhapsodies which have appeared respecting napoleon on looking into them it is difficult to determine whether the impudence of the writers or the simplicity of certain readers is most astonishing yet these rude and ill-digested compilations filled with absurd anecdotes fabricated speeches fictitious crimes or virtues and disfigured by numerous anachronisms instead of being consigned to just contempt and speedy oblivion have been pushed into notice by speculators and have found zealous partisans and enthusiastic apologists note this introduction has been reprinted as bearing upon the character of the work but refers very often to events of the day at the time of its first appearance End of note. for a time i entertained the idea of noticing one by one the numerous errors which have been written respecting napoleon but i have renounced a task which would have been too laborious to myself and very tedious to the reader i shall therefore only correct those which come within the plan of my work and which are connected with those facts to a more accurate knowledge of which than any other person can possess i may lay claim there are men who imagine that nothing done by napoleon will ever be forgotten but must not the slow but inevitable influence of time be expected to operate with respect to him the effect of that influence is that the most important event in an epoch soon sinks almost imperceptibly and almost disregarded into the immense mass of historical facts time in its progress diminishes the probability as well as the interest of such an event as it gradually wears away the most durable monuments i attach only a relative importance to what i am about to lay before the public i shall give authentic documents if all persons who have approached napoleon at any time and in any place would candidly record what they saw and heard without passion the future historian would be rich in materials it is my wish that he who may undertake the difficult task of writing the history of napoleon should find in my notes information useful to the perfection of his work there he will at least find truth 
i have not the ambition to wish that what i state should be taken as absolute authority but i hope that it will always be consulted i have never before published anything respecting napoleon that malevolence which fastens itself upon men who have the misfortune to be somewhat separated from the crowd has because there is always more profit in saying ill than good attributed to me several works on bonaparte among others les memoires secrets d'un homme qui ne l'a pas quitté par m b dash 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 comma and memoires secrets sur napoleon bonaparte par m de b dash 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 comma and le précis historique sur napoleon the initial of my name has served to propagate this error the incredible ignorance which runs through these memoirs the absurdities and inconceivable silliness with which they abound do not permit a man of honour and common sense to allow such wretched rhapsodies to be imputed to him i declared in eighteen sixteen and at later periods in the french and foreign journals that i had no hand in those publications and i here formally repeat this declaration but it may be said to me why should we place more confidence in you than in those who have written before you my reply shall be plain i enter the lists one of the last i have read all that my predecessors have published confident that all i state is true i have no interest in deceiving no disgrace to fear no reward to expect i neither wish to obscure nor embellish his glory however great napoleon may have been was he not also liable to pay his tribute to the weakness of human nature i speak of napoleon such as i have seen him known him frequently admired and sometimes blamed him i state what i saw heard wrote and thought at the time under each circumstance that occurred i have not allowed myself to be carried away by the illusions of the imagination nor to be influenced by friendship or hatred i shall not insert a single reflection which did not occur to me at the very moment of the event which gave it birth how many transactions and documents were there over which i could but lament how many measures contrary to my views to my principles and to my character while the best intentions were incapable of overcoming difficulties which a most powerful and decided will rendered almost insurmountable i also wish the future historian to compare what i say with what others have related or may relate but it will be necessary for him to attend to dates circumstances difference of situation change of temperament and age for age has much influence over men 
we do not think and act at fifty as at twenty-five by exercising this caution he will be able to discover the truth and to establish an opinion for posterity the reader must not expect to find in these memoirs an uninterrupted series of all the events which marked the great career of napoleon nor details of all those battles with the recital of which so many eminent men have usefully and ably occupied themselves i shall say little about whatever i did not see or hear and which is not supported by official documents perhaps i shall succeed in confirming truths which have been doubted and in correcting errors which have been adopted if i sometimes differ from the observations and statements of napoleon at st helena i am far from supposing that those who undertook to be the medium of communication between him and the public have misrepresented what he said i am well convinced that none of the writers of st helena can be taxed with the slightest deception disinterested zeal and nobleness of character are undoubted pledges of their veracity it appears to me perfectly certain that napoleon stated dictated or corrected all they have published their honour is unquestionable no one can doubt it that they wrote what he communicated must therefore be believed but it cannot with equal confidence be credited that what he communicated was nothing but the truth he seems often to have related as a fact what was really only an idea an idea too brought forth at st helena the child of misfortune and transported by his imagination to europe in the time of his prosperity his favourite phrase which was every moment on his lips must not be forgotten what will history say what will posterity think this passion for leaving behind him a celebrated name is one which belongs to the constitution of the human mind and with napoleon its influence was excessive in his first italian campaign he wrote thus to general clark that ambition and the occupation of high offices were not sufficient for his satisfaction and happiness which he had early placed in the opinion of europe and the esteem of posterity he often observed to me that with him the opinion of posterity was the real immortality of the soul it may easily be conceived that napoleon wished to give to the documents which he knew historians would consult a favourable colour and to direct according to his own views the judgment of posterity on his actions but it is only by the impartial comparison of periods positions and age that a well-founded decision will be given about his fortieth year the physical constitution of napoleon sustained considerable change 
and it may be presumed that his moral qualities were affected by that change it is particularly important not to lose sight of the premature decay of his health which perhaps did not permit him always to possess the vigour of memory otherwise consistent enough with his age the state of our organisation often modifies our recollections our feelings our manner of viewing objects and the impressions we receive this will be taken into consideration by judicious and thinking men and for them i write what monsieur de la cassasse states napoleon to have said in may eighteen sixteen on the manner of writing his history corroborates the opinion i have expressed it proves that all the facts and observations he communicated or dictated were meant to serve as materials we learn from the memorial that monsieur de las cassas wrote daily and that the manuscript was read over by napoleon who often made corrections with his own hand the idea of a journal pleased him greatly he fancied it would be a work on which the world could afford no other example but there are passages in which the order of events is deranged in others facts are misrepresented and erroneous assertions are made i apprehend not altogether involuntarily i have paid particular attention to all that has been published by the noble participators of the imperial captivity nothing however could induce me to change a word in these memoirs because nothing could take me from my conviction of the truth of what i personally heard and saw it will be found that napoleon in his private conversations often confirms what i state but we sometimes differ and the public must judge between us however i must here make one observation when napoleon dictated or related to his friends in st helena the facts which they have reported he was out of the world he had played his part fortune which according to his notions had conferred on him all his power and greatness and recalled all her gifts before he sunk into the tomb his ruling passion would induce him to think that it was due to his glory to clear up certain facts which might prove an unfavourable escort if they accompanied him to posterity this was his fixed idea but is there not some ground for suspecting the fidelity of him who writes or dictates his own history why might he not impose on a few persons in st helena when he was able to impose on france and europe respecting many acts which emanated from him during the long duration of his power the life of napoleon would be very unfaithfully written 
were the author to adopt as true all his bulletins and proclamations and all the declarations he made at st helena such a history would frequently be in contradiction to facts and such only is that which might be entitled the history of napoleon written by himself i have said this much because it is my wish that the principles which have guided me in the composition of these memoirs may be understood i am aware that they will not please every reader that is a success to which i cannot pretend some merit however may be allowed me on account of the labour i have undergone it has neither been of a slight nor an agreeable kind i made it a rule to read everything that has been written respecting napoleon and i have had to decipher many of his autograph documents though no longer so familiar with his scrawl as formerly i say decipher because a real cipher might often be much more readily understood than the handwriting of napoleon my own notes too which were often very hastily made in the hand i wrote in my youth have sometimes also much embarrassed me my long and intimate connection with bonaparte from boyhood my close relations with him when general consul and emperor enabled me to see and appreciate all that was projected and all that was done during that considerable and momentous period of time i not only had the opportunity of being present at the conception and the execution of the extraordinary deeds of one of the ablest men nature ever formed but notwithstanding an almost unceasing application to business i found means to employ the few moments of leisure which bonaparte left at my disposal in making notes collecting documents and in recording for history facts respecting which the truth could otherwise with difficulty be ascertained and more particularly in collecting those ideas often profound brilliant and striking but always remarkable to which bonaparte gave expression in the overflowing frankness of confidential intimacy the knowledge that i possessed much important information has exposed me to many inquiries and wherever i have resided since my retirement from public affairs much of my time has been spent in replying to questions the wish to be acquainted with the most minute details of the life of a man formed on an unexampled model note question mark question mark d w end note is very natural and the observation on my replies by those who heard them always was you should publish your memoirs i had certainly always in view the publication of my memoirs but at the same time 
i was firmly resolved not to publish them until a period should arrive in which i might tell the truth and the whole truth while napoleon was in the possession of power i felt it right to resist the urgent applications made to me on this subject by some persons of the highest distinction truth would have then sometimes appeared flattery and sometimes also it might not have been without danger afterwards when the progress of events removed bonaparte to a far distant island in the midst of the ocean silence was imposed on me by other considerations by considerations of propriety and feeling after the death of bonaparte at st helena reasons of a different nature retarded the execution of my plan the tranquillity of a secluded retreat was indispensable for preparing and putting in order the abundant materials in my possession i found it also necessary to read a great number of works in order to rectify important errors to which the want of authentic documents had induced the authors to give credit this much desired retreat was found i had the good fortune to be introduced through a friend to the duchess de brancas and that lady invited me to pass some time on one of her estates in hainault received with the most agreeable hospitality i have there enjoyed that tranquillity which could alone have rendered the publication of these volumes practicable fauvelet de brienne note the editor of the eighteen thirty six edition had added to the memoirs several chapters taken from or founded on other works of the time so as to make a more complete history of the period these materials have been mostly retained but with the corrections which later publications have made necessary a chapter has now been added to give a brief account of the part played by the chief historical personages during the cent jours and another at the end to include the removal of the body of napoleon from st helena to france two special improvements have it is hoped been made in this edition great care has been taken to get names dates and figures rightly given points much neglected in most translations though in some few cases such as davoust the ordinary but not strictly correct spelling has been followed to suit the general reader the number of references to other works which are given in the notes will it is believed be of use to any one wishing to continue the study of the history of napoleon and may preserve them from many of the errors too often committed the present editor has had the great advantage of having his work shared by mr richard bentley 
who has brought his knowledge of the period to bear and who has found as only a busy man can do the time to minutely enter into every fresh detail with the ardour which soon seizes any one who long follows that enticing pursuit the special study of an historical period january eighteen eighty five r w p end of author's introduction